Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm happy to be back as your host to talk with yet another amazing lady who's working hard in the Philadelphia area. Before we get started, I wanted to do something that I neglected to do last week, and that is to give you all my contact information so that you can get in touch with me if you'd like to come on the show and share what it is your business is doing. You can email me at srocco233 at gmail, or feel free to call me at 215-313-5561, and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Today, we're going to be talking all about education, and I would like to introduce you to Grace Updike, who is owner of Grace Updike Educational Services. Welcome to the studio. Thank you, Sue. Before we get into the everyday workings of what uh, your business does as far as education, I always like to find a, a little bit about your background and where you grew up and, and how it all started for you. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about where exactly you grew up and, uh, and your school years. Okay. Uh, I am Philadelphia, born and raised. I grew up actually in the northeast of Philadelphia and started my education at St. Martin of Tours Grade School on Roosevelt Boulevard in okay. the northeast. Um, interestingly enough, even at that point in my life, I knew I was going to someday be a teacher because our basement became my classroom <laughs> with uh, absolutely no students because I was the youngest of five. So I didn't have that luxury of little brothers and sisters to uh, to sit in the desks, but right. that was okay. How we about could some dolls or make pretend? Yeah. Whatever Line I could make happen was there. Okay. Yeah, and a, a glass of tea that I put in a mug so that it would look like the teacher thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I, I did grow up in Philadelphia, youngest of five. Okay. Uh, started my high school career at Little Flower Catholic High School oh, okay. in Philadelphia. And then my parents decided it was time to head out to Montgomery County. So I finished my high school years at Bishop McDevitt, where you and I were together, but didn't know that we were together. Exactly. Right? I, I said to Elaine, I feel bad that we were classmates and never met each other, but we had about 365 students, I think, in we our, did. our class. Yes. So mm -hmm. it's not that unusual, I think, that we didn't cross paths. That we didn't cross paths, correct. So I finished my high school years at Bishop McDevitt, and as I said, always knew I was going to be a teacher, so I looked for colleges in the area that would be excellent schools for an education degree. Okay. So I um, went to Gwinnett Mercy College and majored in both special and elementary education. Uh, I did complete my undergraduate degree there. I graduated a little early and that was kind of exciting. My senior year right before I was ready to do my pre-student teaching and student teaching uh, there was a a quick replacement needed at St. Paul's in Norristown in the second grade. They lost a teacher after the first week of school. Oh boy. So I was brought into the the dean's office and they said if I wanted to use that as my student teaching experience if I interviewed and got the job that they would allow me to do so. And so at that time were you a, a junior? I was a, f a senior starting. I was okay. in the fall okay. of my senior year so I actually was able to rather than have to student teach um, I was able to complete my student teaching while I was actually oh, working. That's great. That's so that great. was exciting and I was finished a little bit sooner which worked out very well because I'd met my future husband at that point. Oh, you and did? Okay. Yes, so we, and we were engaged, and it worked out great that I was able to uh, start things out with a job. So you were yes. you were engaged um, it, during college? Yes. Before mm -hmm. you finished? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And how I did was. you two meet? Uh, we met at, in the area. We met at uh, the Bent Elbow in oh, sure. Fort Washington. <laughs> we all know that place. So yes, that's that was the the beginning of the end. We'll call that right. right? Um, and oh, he'll love that. Yes, there you go. And we, uh, so he was with me when I started my career in education. He okay. was um, part of my life at that point. So that's exciting too. And was he in that field too. as well? No, he's a builder. He is a private builder. He okay. has his own business as well. So we are basically running two businesses out oh. of our home. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, very exciting. So yes, and then we 
we settled up in uh, Worcester, PA, because we were, I was teaching at St. Paul's in Norristown, so that was close proximity. Which and is how we met. It wasn't until correct. we both right. lived in Worcester that we right. got to know each other. Exactly. And your kids got and to the age where they were preparing for the high school test. Right, right. So we, uh, we settled there and we raised our four children in Worcester, and uh, they all attended visitation uh, grade school in okay. Trooper and went on to my girls, Gwen at Mercy Academy. Uh, we kept that Mercy tradition right. that Good. I had become a part of in college. And our two sons, my uh, one is a graduate of St. Joe's Prep and the other is a junior Okay. at St. Joe's Prep. And we still like each other, even though my daughter's a Mountie. Absolutely. And my son is at LaSalle. Yes, it still works out. Yes, it does. It does. But yeah, we've had we've had great experiences with their um, high school careers, and then they moved on to to college. My oldest daughter is a graduate of University of Notre Dame. Okay. And her sister Colleen is a graduate of University of Pennsylvania, and uh, my son Joe is. A senior this year at the University of Dayton. Okay. And Matthew is a junior at St. Joe's Prep. So you still have one at so home. We're, yes, and we are still in tuition jail. Right. But we will. We <laughs> will eventually. Which is why you're both working very hard. At exactly. What you do. Exactly. So well, we're big believers in education. So right. we, you know, we were willing to uh, to make that investment. Right. In their future. Talk to me a little bit about. I, I know that you started out tutoring um, from your home and and I'm very curious to know how that came about and and then eventually how it led to the growth of your company it it is interesting uh, I did I came in and out of teaching in the beginning because we we started our family pretty quickly so I was two years at st. Paul's when I was expecting Kelly our okay. oldest so uh, when she was born, we had decided I would stay home, you know, and uh, that was wonderful. I loved the experience, but I did miss the classroom. I did miss okay. students. Right. So on and off while I was teaching, you know, as my kids reached a certain age and I was able to get back in, I started teaching nursery school at St. Teresa of Avila, which, again, I was looking for positions that were part-time okay. and I could be home for a significant portion of the day right with the kids right so I went back and was teaching nursery school for a little bit and my parents are also my at the time I had both parents around and they are they were beginning to reach the age where it was they were certain health issues were coming up okay so again I got back into the classroom but really realized I wanted to be at home with more free time to to take care of their needs as well as right my Which kids. I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation. Absolutely. For sure. yep. Absolutely. So, and I was fortunate because, you know, Joe's business was very established. So I had that luxury of being able to, you know, to be a part-time right. In, right. in teaching. So when I decided to come back home, I didn't, I just didn't want to not be teaching. So I had made enough connections with parents that I was able to begin out of my dining room, just a small tutoring business. And I right. would just have, you know, mainly it was kids that knew me as a parent. Friends and their, friends their, their, and children. their children. Right. Uh, and that's where I began. And really, I did mainly elementary school at that point. So I had younger students and I was tutoring reading. When I left Gwened and we first got married, I did start my master's as a reading specialist okay uh but again i put that on hold when when the kids came around right so i felt you know my background was really strong for kids who were struggling because i had the the reading specialist courses under my belt and my degree in special education so at the time i was it was really something that was handy working with individual students Mm -hmm. so it worked out beautifully i loved being at home um then my youngest was I guess he was three at the time, and I was at a track meet and got into an academic conversation with, I thought this was just another parent, but she was actually the principal at Holy Family School in Phoenixville. Okay. And she, right there at the track meet, said to me, I am really in need of an honors math teacher at Holy Family. Would you be interested? 
And I said, well, you know, Matthew's still young. I kind of made the commitment with my others that I was home with them for a little bit longer. I, I don't Would think this have been a full-time position? It, it could have been a full-time position or it could have been a part-time position. Okay. It depended on what I wanted to make it. Um, but I just wasn't ready to, to leave him at that point. So I just said, thank you. You know, it sounds exciting. I love math, but I don't think it's a good idea right now. She then called me again that week. And she said, look, I she really, really, wanted you. really want you to do this. So how about we just give you part of the honors math and you bring Matthew to our preschool. And they arranged my teaching schedule wow. around That's his classroom. Great. So that was ideal. I didn't, You couldn't say no at I that point. I couldn't say no at that point. Um, but she tricked me a bit, Sue, because I really thought that I was going to be teaching the fourth and fifth graders their honors math and when I went in for my interview and she handed me the job there I was going to teach the sixth seventh and eighth graders their honors math and eighth graders who are taking honors math are taking algebra one oh and I really hadn't touched my algebra one in quite a while so you know at first I had a lot of catching up to do I'm gonna have a very busy summer um which I did but I loved it and really discovered that I liked math so much more than I had ever realized. And I really loved teaching math. That's great. So that turned out to be a dynamite, dynamite experience. And I would not have left there except, again, my, my parents, we, we started with some more you know issues, doctor's appointments. And I'd, I pretty much told the principal I couldn't give her anything less than 100%. And right my family had to be top priority. Right, right. So I came back home. And that was the point at which my tutoring business really began and to And what flourish. year was that? That would have been 19, early 1990s, maybe 92. Okay. If I think back. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, and that was, that was really, I never went back to the classroom after that. Okay. It was all all my tutoring and at the same time I you know my youngest was in nursery school then in kindergarten my oldest was going into eighth grade so we were at At visitation at visitation Mm -hmm. we were at the point where she was going to be taking the high school entrance exams so this is where the this is testing um, yes this is where that really came came into into play play. and it was no longer just the math had grown because I was now comfortable again with my high school math. So I started tutoring more algebra and tutoring more geometry. So I had grown in the math area, but the testing piece really came into play when she was in eighth grade. Okay. She was a great student and did very well in standardized testing. I, you know, at the time didn't really think much of having her prepare to take the high school placement test. And, and I don't think uh, a lot of people did. Some years ago, there was never a discussion of we need to prepare the kids to take a test. Absolutely. And, Especially and at that. the high school level. Right. You know, whether right. you were applying to a private school or not, people really didn't see that important. Especially for, you know, a stronger student. Right, right. So it, it really didn't cross my mind until she took the tests, scored beautifully, but was just shy of getting scholarship. Okay. And the I number. Thought, the number yeah, that she wanted. it was the number. And it just hit me, wow, there's a lot to this process. If, if we had thought about this ahead of time, she really could have prepared for this test, and that might have made the difference. Right. So, you know, having a daughter only two years behind her in school, I was, you know, bound and determined that I was going to have her ready for the test. Right. Now, up and up until this point, had you spoken with anyone in the education field that was starting to talk a little bit about courses that kids could take? Or did you I think of not. this on your own? This just, okay. Yeah, this was purely something that made sense to me. And what I also began to realize, again, from talking to other parents, they had kids that they wanted to go to the private schools, but they weren't going to hit the number right. to, to get in. So I started working with those students to try to get them just to the point of acceptance. Okay. And then at the same time, I knew who the brighter students were 
at visitation and talked to parents and said, let me help them to take that to the next level. Okay. So this really did begin with literally uh, my daughter, Colleen, this, my second daughter, four of her friends. Four of her friends in your mm-hmm. home, in, my in the home. dining room, I remember. In the dining room. <laughs> you dropped off there many I a time. I dropped off. And right. Because I'm, I'm trying to remember who someone highly recommended you. And I loved the idea of having my children in a one-on-one with you, right? you know, at home um, with that kind of attention, I thought was going to be great. Yeah. And um, it really, it, it was great for me because, you know, I'd have kids show up at the door with flowers in red and gold. I got in and, oh, you know, right, so it right. was, it was, I loved it right. from the very beginning. So I, I found a niche. I found that there was need and something I absolutely loved. So again, it just, each, su- each summer, it began to snowball. Right. Um, and that's where that idea initiated. And then the next, the result of that was the fact that so many of those kids were then in high school and they would continue to come to me for their, you know, math tutoring um, and such. Or thoughts of College. And then it moved into the college, <clears throat> and I, the kids started to say, will you do my SATs? Will you help me get ready? And at first I said, no, I'm not prepared for well, that. you couldn't you do the SATs. <laughs> you can't take the test for that. Right, well, <laughs> and I, I couldn't prepare them, I didn't think at that point, because I really hadn't looked at the SAT. Right. I had really been focusing all my time on the high school placement test. Okay. But the kids were relentless. They, I'd rather learn it with you than so I then said, okay, I guess I'm going to have to dig in and figure out this SAT. What I found was, I already knew it. That was something, again, that just was just a whole, once I started to read and read and read about standardized tests and the little subtle differences, you know, among the tests, I, I caught on. So I then started to really pursue the SAT because, again, kids need that direction and they need that help if nothing else it's a confidence booster right so um and it it just again snowballed because you know one it was all word of mouth Uh, every parent told another parent told another parent right right so at what time or what year i guess did you move from having kids dropped off at your house and and sitting in the dining room to getting office space in bluebell I believe I took my office space in 2006. Okay. I'm pretty certain. I think I've been in the office now six, yeah, six years. Okay. Was it hard yeah. to find a location? It, you know what, it was. Uh, I wanted something close to home because that was a luxury mm-hmm. to be at my dinner table and you know, say, oh, 15 minutes from now I have a student coming and right. I could still throw dishes in the dishwasher and right. teach. So right. it was a little, uh, that idea of leaving the house, I bought Getting in touch. the car, sitting in traffic. Right. But once we got to the point where I had so many small groups of students coming, it, you know, it just flat out wasn't fair to the neighbors anymore to have... <laughs> You know, because I was teaching. Take up the parking on yeah. the street. And it was right. older students, so they were driving, and there'd be, you know, there'd be this switchover of groups. And right. it, my husband said, I think you've grown out of the dining room. So that was the point at which I, I started to look for space. And I really didn't want strip mall kind of space. Right. I really wanted something that was more of an office. Professional. More professional mm-hmm. and, you know, a place where parents could sit and right. be comfortable. So that was the point at which I started looking for. And, and at that time, were up. you still um, the only instructor or had you brought on some additional I instructors? I had by that time brought on a few, just two other teachers to, okay. you know, to start that process. And how did you yeah. find them? I'm very, very, very picky. So I get lots of phone calls from, hey, do you need some help? Or, and I say, that I'll let you know. That would be great. But I really, again, that was a very all personal relationships. Okay. I needed to be certain that anybody who was coming on board with me had the same philosophy okay. that I had. So, again, word of mouth, people that I knew, personal connections, that's where the bulk of my teachers came from. And um, once the SAT started to really take off, that was the point where I really needed to have the the one teacher that I had trained I wonder if did Chris deal with George at all 
George Wolke was yes, George? Yes, yes, he okay. did, in Bluebell. In Bluebell, right. Yes. So uh, George actually came on while I was at home. He's my nephew. Oh, okay. he is a teacher. He's okay. a Gwen and Mercy he was graduate. Great. Oh, he He's is. fantastic with kids. Okay. So, and again, I knew if he was a Gwen graduate that he was... He was going to be good. He was going to be good. So we, I'm a little prejudiced to my, <laughs> to my alma mater. But so he was, um, he had been working with me for a while at that point, And I said, I think it's time for you to take the reins. And I pulled back almost completely from to, the To focus more on the business side of it? To focus more on the SAT side of it and the whole college process. Because, again, each thing kind of opened a whole new area you know, okay, I can prep these kids to do beautifully on the SAT, but if I don't help them to construct great college essays and I don't help them with their applications and I don't help them to find the right fit school, right? then that was all for naught. Right. So right. that was that just became very, very time-consuming. Okay. And, yeah. and, you know, I do, I want to talk about that, um, you know, when we come back in the second part of the interview, the PSAT, the SAT. I think parents that haven't gone through this process yet, it's very confusing um, it is sometimes very confusing. what these tests are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about the services that Grace provides. And um, we'll take it from there. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. A word from the cast of Hot in Cleveland. Want to hear a joke? Oh, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> What's the number one killer of women? Well, you're still here, so that rules out crankiness. <laughs> and tracksuits. Uh, heart disease. But that's a joke? No, it's an absolute fact, but the American Heart Association says you can save lives by passing it along to five women you love. Aww. <laughs> so I'm starting with three I tolerate. <laughs> that's a joke. Find out more at GoRedForWomen.org. Wagmore Next Door is Skipback Animal Hospital's latest addition to help meet the needs of your pet. We are the only animal hospital in the Skipback and surrounding area now providing a doggy day camp and one-stop shopping for your pet's exercise and fun. Have you ever come home after a long day at work to find that your dog has eaten your favorite pair of underwear or socks, destroyed parts of your home, or shoplifted an entire chicken from the kitchen countertop? Leaving your dog home alone can be dangerous and life-threatening. Wagmore Next Door is fully supervised and operated by trained animal professionals. Here your dog will run and play with other dogs. Obedience training is also available and very popular. Your dog will go home tired, content, and happy. We have many packages to choose from to accommodate your work schedule, vacation schedule, and out-of-town schedule. 
please join us for our grand opening on September 15, 2012 from 11 to 3. It's a family day with food, games, and fun for everyone. For information, please call us at 610-584-6300 or you can visit our website, skipbackanimalhospital.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. We can't wait to see you. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Welcome back, everyone. We are sitting down today with Grace Updike of Grace B. Updike Educational Services, which is an educational um, assistance business, I guess you could say, in the Bluebell area. And we're going to talk a lot about the process of, of helping kids get into high school, helping kids get into the colleges of their choice, and... Um, I'm going to turn to Grace right now and ask about, I, I think it would be helpful to actually describe the different tests that are out there and, and what they pertain to, whether it's elementary, high school, or college, if you could. Absolutely. Uh, really, for high school students, uh, the, the most popular test at this point in time, the one that most of the kids would be taking, would be the HSPT and that really is just an acronym for high school placement test. Okay. Uh, you're going to take that test, Sue, if you are looking to attend a private Catholic high school in Montgomery County, Bucks County, anywhere in this area. Okay. Are all the archdiocesan high schools as well use that test um, for scholarship. The private schools use it for entrance and scholarship. Okay. So was there's it, the difference. Was that at one time called the uh, PSAT? No. 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 Okay. PSAT is a whole different animal, and that, okay. that comes next. Okay. Um, but the, so the HSPT is one that many of the students will take if they're looking at those schools. Now, if we have students in eighth grade looking at the other private high schools, the independent schools, um, Germantown Academy, Interacts. Chestnut Hill Academy, all the Interact schools, they're not going to take the HSPT for entrance. They're going to take either, here we go with alphabet soup, the <laughs> ISEE. No, or, I've never heard of that one. Right, or the SSAT. Okay. So this really will be letter city as we right, progress. Right, right. So those are tests that eighth grade students, standardized test that they would be taking if they're looking to go to some type of private high school. And what determines which test they take? The schools that they choose. Okay. So at now, as far as the ISEE and the SSAT, all of those independent schools off, offer either option to their students. They'll look at results from either test. 
So we typically recommend to our students the ISEE only because it is the test that doesn't have the guessing penalty that um, can make it difficult for students to know whether they should take a guess or leave something blank. Again, it's all the strategy involved. Yeah, explain that to me because a guessing penalty how do they know that an answer is a guess? Right. We call it a guessing penalty because if, if you're going to allow students to, to be scored according to the way these tests are all scored, you're gaining a point for what you get right. The difference between a test with a guessing penalty and, and not, a get, not having a guessing penalty would be, are we going to take something away from that raw number correct because you got some wrong or are we not? So in other words, if I'm, if I'm taking a section with 60 questions and I get 50 right, but I get four wrong, if there's a guessing pen- penalty, typically that's a quarter of a point per question wrong. So that 50 correct would bump down to a 49. Does that a, make sense? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> right. So basically, if you're, if you're taking a test that has a guessing penalty, of course there's a cer- certain amount of guessing that's important, but if you randomly answer questions you could end up hurting your score rather than helping your score okay if you are taking a test without a guessing penalty if you get 50 right it doesn't matter that you got the other 10 wrong okay that will not detract from the 50 that you that, well, you that had sounds correct. to me like the test that you would want to take i think for most students you feel more comfortable saying well I don't know where to go with this question, so I'm just going to take a stab and move on and go find what I know. Because you can't leave uh, an answer blank, am I you right? You don't want to you don't. If, if you know there's no guessing penalty. So again, this is why students really should have some idea of what a test is about right. before they take it. Right. Otherwise, they don't know how to handle it. And of course, there's all the high school student myths that are out there, you know. I think if I take it in this month, I've heard it's an easier test than this month. And oh. So kids I've never get, heard that one oh, before. <laughs> I have, believe me, you'd be, you'd be amazed what kids will believe from each other. But again, you know, knowing what the animal is makes it a whole lot easier right. to go in there and be comfortable. So, you know, some students don't, don't do well in that situation where they have to choose, I kind of think I know this, but I'm not 100% sure, should I answer this, shouldn't I answer this? If a test doesn't have a guessing penalty, you don't have to worry. Right. Because and getting this, it wrong can't hurt you. This is just a tiny piece of what you do and, and the this, services that the you provide. Tip of the iceberg. Right. Absolutely. So tell yeah. me a little bit about um, when a student comes in and they sit down for uh, a class, a typical day uh, in the classroom in Bluebell, what are they being taught? Again, that will depend on their age level and where, you know, where they're at in this process. Um, if they're coming to us you know, as a seventh grader headed for eighth grade, knowing that they're about to take these tests for high school, we're going to direct them, okay, if you are looking, what schools are you looking at first? Because right. that's going to determine where you need to put your time. Okay. Um, all of our students, regardless of what test they're taking, we are constantly throwing vocabulary their way because no matter what, on any standardized test, the vocabulary is going to make a difference. Right. So that's right. something they're all going to going to get. Um, some students do better in a one-on-one situation. Others, you know, it's part of the perk is coming and sitting. All of our groups are small. We, okay. You know, we keep our groups to six to seven students. So the groups are small. Some kids look forward to that back and forth and the dynamic of almost a like a small social. classroom it's a little right. bit social as mm-hmm. well so we offer either option and again a lot of that comes you know from discussion with a parent parents know their kids better than anyone and you you tell me what you think you need and then I suggest I make suggestions so that's that's really what we're doing with those eighth graders that are preparing um, we also offer classes in the summer for reading and math and art. So someday when Sarah gets that art degree, Sue's daughter, she can look me up. Maybe we can get her in for some, some art classes. That but sounds great. Yeah, it's wonderful. She would love that. Yeah. But so we, you know, we do offer lots of different options to grade school students who are, you know, maybe they're struggling in math and they want to keep skills fresh over the summer, those types of opportunities. Okay. 
Um, but as far as the, the standardized piece for the kids that are, you know, in that whole process, we take them through that entrance into high school. Typically, once they've started with us, you know, we're very fortunate they come back. And when they do, they're usually ready to start thinking about the standardized tests that are going to be necessary for college. Right. That's so, junior year. Exactly. Now, interestingly, though, most of the schools now are having the students take the PSAT right. as freshmen. Most of them are taking that in ninth grade. PSAT acronym is preliminary SAT. It's actually the PSAT, and here we go again, NMSQT. I know. Wow. I know. <clears throat> so My head is spinning. <laughs> I know. The, the letters can get crazy. Right. Uh, the NMSQT piece is the National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. So wow. the PSAT is what those scores are what um, the National Merit Scholarship Organization uses to determine who the National Merit semifinalists and finalists will be no wonder these poor kids are so stressed out <laughs> honestly that's right exactly and that's why again it's great to have somebody in your corner right. as you're going through the process guiding you right both the students and the parents absolutely yes so that test can be they they start that as early as the ninth grade and there are definitely parents out there who want to see results right away and want the kids to prep we usually recommend that test that psat doesn't really it's just a guide it's okay. it's really all it is okay. unless of course you're a superior test taker and then it might get you commendation from national merit or some scholarship at the next level so and it's just good practice exactly you, the more that you know the opportunities Absolutely. the kids have to sit down and take these they get comfortable tests. with the format right they get comfortable with the format right and that makes a difference but that test itself you know they're going to start that very early right. and they're going to take it two to three times in high school, either 9th, 10th, 11th, or 10th, 11th, depending on, you know, where they go to school. So that that's kind of the beginning of that process for them. And that's a good guideline for, okay, let's decide what you should be doing to prep for this next level. As juniors, now it all becomes important because this is all part of where they're going to get to go to college. Right. So as juniors, they're going to take SATs and also most of the students now are taking the ACT which is another college entrance exam accepted by all colleges most schools will tell you we will take either your SATs or your ACTs so we typically recommend that our students try both formats because they are so drastically different from each other and again that's all part of our process we we help the parents to decide when should they start taking the test and a lot of that is based on what's happening in their school okay. you know or um, if if they should take both tests or just the sat exactly that there's a big confusion out there about that i think still uh, the difference between the sat and the act and should i even bother taking the act exactly and you know there's a bit of a um a myth out there that not all colleges will use the act that's a fallacy. The ACT has been around a long time. Oh, okay. It's, it's just that, for example, at our age, and we won't say that out loud. No, we right? will not. But Especially with Manny in the room. She's <laughs> a baby. <laughs> there you go. Um, at our age, if we had grown up in the Midwest, if we had been born and raised in Chicago, we wouldn't know what the SAT was. We oh, would have taken the ACT. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Absolutely. So the test has been around longer than people realize. Um, but what has happened is so many kids now are willing to travel to go to school. You know, they're, they're crossing the map. Right. So colleges had to become familiar with both formats so that they could really, you know, judge a student's abilities. So, you know. so are there different tests all over the country depending on the state you live in? Or is it basically the it's SAT? It's really the ACT. SAT and the ACT. Okay, okay. But it's, it is geographical which test you would lean toward. Okay. You know, East Coast has always been SAT. So that's why people think that that's the, the only test, you know. Now, you can't predetermine which test is going to be better for a particular student. I can get an inkling 
but where their strengths are where, the, and where I believe they're going yeah okay but that's helpful it is helpful but it isn't always right right so that's why I'm really conscious of I'd like you to take a stab you know I've had so many kids who um will call in senior year we got your name from so-and-so and um we're, we just you know she really wants to go to Pitt and she's you know just shy of the SAT and they recommended she try the ACT but we don't even know what that is I've heard that conversation a hundred times. Right. I will say, you know, don't even bring her in yet. We're going to, we're going to shoot you a practice test for an ACT. Mm -hmm. Let her take it, send it back. And I'll tell you if I think this makes some good sense. And typically I'll, I can see from that score. Wow. You know, without really even working at it, she's here. So she's got a shot. Um, That particular young lady was last year, an LC girl, a great girl. And she did. She Very did good. Oh, get great. what she, she needed got, she out got of the into ACT, Pitt. and she got into Pitt. So Pitt's, that was really Pitt's exciting. hot right now. It's very hot yes. right now. Yes. Yes. So, and as a result, the scores are getting higher. So these kids have an even greater hurdle to right. jump, which is why you have harder. to look at both tests. You know, I, I'll use my son as an example. I would have sworn that the ACT would have been his test. He's the kind of kid who... You know, he was always a toe-the-line kind of guy. You know, I always told my kids, you don't have to be a 99, but you have to use your God-given talent. Right. You know, because there's too many kids out there who wish they would have your God-given talent. Right. So all we're asking is your God-given talent. And I think by about the sixth grade, he kind of looked at me and said, uh, what does God say I am, Mom? You know, <laughs> what is my where's, God-given where's God talent? Where's God putting me on the scale? <laughs> and I said, well, God told me, Joe, that you can't, you should not be getting below 90. You don't have to get a 99, but you're a That's 90 a great line for and every better parent. student. God right? told me. God, God gave me an in. <laughs> so, but he was the kind of kid that when you said 90, he said, okay. And he just did, he towed that line. So he was, he was great at picking up you know, you give it, he's going to get it. Right. That kind of a kid, in my opinion, usually fares better on the ACT because they don't have that logical, critical thinking kind of. However, when he prepped with me, which was, you know, he's really the first that I full out prepped for their college entrance test because with the girls, I kind of took a little bit of a backseat. Okay. Because... Well, because girls are girls just and their mom. more you self-motivated. Be, exactly, and they are more self-motivated. Um, but he was the one who kind of realized, you know, don't cut off your nose to spite your face, and my mom knows what she's doing, so I'm going to listen. So he did. But he bit on the strategy like no other. He said, you mean I can just plug numbers in for those variables and kind of make that happen, and it'll give me the right answer every time? Yes, so he fared significantly better than I would have expected on oh, the SAT, great. and that turned out to be his better test, which is why you really you have to get your feet wet in both to right. really know which one right. is the better test for right. you. And kids now need to take these tests repeatedly. You can't walk into a college admissions with having taken the SAT one time. Immediately they look at that and say, wow, just once? You know that, that, and it could be a bad day, right? I, mean, I think you give and them every opportunity to do well. Yeah. Some days they're sharp, they're awake, exactly. And they've got so it going on, and other days maybe they, you know, something happened the night before, and absolutely going to be their best day. Could have been anything. Could have been the ride into the test that morning. Right. Right. So you know they they're all taking it more than one time. So if you get an ACT and an SAT in early enough then we can help you to decide, okay, maybe, I mean, if you are significantly different in both formats, put away that SAT and put all your efforts into the ACT okay. or vice versa. Right, right. So it's worth it for them to, to explore right. both tests. And okay. the strategies are completely different Interesting. for both tests. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think people might be interested to know when I was looking at your website that there are workshops for parents. Yes. And I'd love to hear about what they offer yes yes uh again just because i've had so many phone conversations where i've had to really i'm surprised at what people don't realize and again i didn't go i didn't go to get a special degree to do this i did my homework 
when my oldest was looking at schools. Well, and you saw and, a need. Oh my god. You goodness. saw a need that happened to be in your area Absolutely. of expertise, and which is there is great. a plethora of information out there that parents just don't have the time they to don't sit have the time and find we trust me we all want to know what, what it's all about and and the process but we're so busy right it best laid plans it. right it's yep. one of those things you think you're going to get to right um but at that time i was able to and i just became super interested so i was reading and re and i still do you know it's part of my morning routine to find a college i haven't looked at before and rip their website apart to get every piece of information I can. I will randomly call an admissions office. You know, how much does the essay weigh at your school? How much? Because every school is different. Right, so and that's great information right. to have. But what happened was I began to, you know, some of this I just take for granted. And I've said that to my husband when I get off the phone with some, I thought, wow, I take this for granted. I just assume people know things. That's right. And then. I mention it in conversation, and I didn't realize they could take the test more than once. I didn't realize that my school doesn't offer the PSAT. I have to register separately, yes, and independently. some schools do a better job of relaying that information yes. to the families than others. Absolutely. So, so at the t I just began to realize that parents needed a guideline, and the way I set that course up, it's basically a timeline you know that begins at really the summer before junior year and takes parents all the way through junior year even to you know what kind of classes they should be registering for for the senior year okay um and then i we go through you know by this time of year you should have at least visited schools by this time you should be on the common apps website you know and i have parents that will say to me what's the common app you know because they've never heard right of right the common application so that course really takes parents from sophomore year all the way through to senior year and getting recommendation letters from teachers and how to approach the applications and what the essay should be right like. and when you break it down like that to one step at a time it's so much more manageable I think when you look at the big picture Oh, yeah. There's so much to be done. It's very stressful. It is. Very it stressful. Is. I always say to the parents when they come in for that parent session, we have a Keurig if you'd like some coffee, but I highly suggest you go with the decaf because what I tell you tonight <laughs> is going to keep Your you awake already. Your head will be already. spinning. Exactly. exactly. So don't, don't overdose on the caffeine at this point. You're going to have a hard enough time sleeping. Right. Um, but everybody does leave over a little overwhelmed. Right. But they all say they feel better prepared I bet and at least they have a, a handling um, but as a result of that course uh, I get parents asking me about the financial piece right and I will be a hundred percent honest we weren't very good at that piece my husband and I you know when we looked at schools we really didn't look into a lot of extra scholarship opportunities or Which you know there we, are many so much that's is a out whole there. other area people do not know that there's scholarships available right some without even applying right so I I was fortunate because I I had another teacher on staff at the time she has since left me sadly to you know raise her newborn which I'm thrilled about but I, I'll miss her uh, but she was an English teacher at Girard College High mm -hmm. School in, in Philadelphia and um, she was able to connect me with someone who does guidance at that high school level and is extremely familiar with the financial aid piece and you know where when you should apply for financial aid and what this form is and what that form is okay. and That's so great. we now added a paying for college workshop just Perfect. to help parents you she's not a financial planner mm -hmm. but what she is is someone who can guide you through the process what to so, look for you know right. what's this acronym what's that acronym you know how do you do a search a scholarship search right so she's giving them that piece of the puzzle okay. because that That's wasn't great. my expertise and right. frankly I have enough on my plate I didn't want to delve into a whole new area. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. You know, we have a few minutes left. We could talk all day, I think, about education and schooling and helping kids get into the school of their choice. Right. Um, but with the few minutes left, if you could just give the listeners the information as far as contacting you or um, signing up for a course. Terrific. What terrific. do they need to do? Our website is nice and easy to remember. It's gbo1.com. 
And on the website, we, we have a great scheduling program right on the website. So you hit the parent login and register yourself as register your student. From there, you can do drop down menus where you select a teacher and you select a course or a private session and you can look at that teacher's schedule and create your own appointment times. And are there profiles for all the there instructors? There are profiles to, for our instructors. I think people like to feel absolutely. some kind of a connection. Yeah, and we are updating those um, as we speak because you know we did just get a new math teacher who's phenomenal, but we don't have his bio on there yet. Okay. So we, we're updating that all the time. But your initial contact would just be through a contact us form on the website and um, I have skilled people in the office um, you would probably reach Monica or Betty if you called the first time and they can kind of direct you with questions if the questions are beyond them they send them to me and okay. you get that follow-up phone call from me um, did you give that phone number uh, for the the office for your office actually it's on the website the the phone number okay. so rather than throw out a bunch of numbers okay gbo1.com we'll give your, you everything you that's need. your key to everything gbo1.com so you know you'll get a a phone call back where you can you know specifically talk about your child's needs and they'll help you to choose the right teacher for any of those programs that's great yeah it's great so there's lots of information on the website okay lots of it thank you so much we also have a facebook page and a facebook page of course everyone has to have a facebook page that you liked (laughs) thank you sue for liking i liked your page and hopefully everyone else will go do the same. That sounds great. I think it was great. I, I, I really could talk with you all day about, you know, education and especially having, you know, children myself, one in college, one in high school, going through the process. So um, I wish we had more time. I know. Can you tell I could talk about it all yeah. day? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Grace. you. Um, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of Women to Watch. And uh, again, I'd like to give another quick shout out to my sponsors, Dr. Lisa Evans of Skipback Animal Hospital, Eileen McGinnis, owner of ABC Fulfillment, a packaging company in Ambler, and Michael Salomon, CEO of Skinny Water. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.